It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. No, you're not. Liberalism is back in style. Welcome to the evolution. What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? He was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Award. And it's one of the highest arbitrum, now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words, I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media, and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. Hey everybody, what's up? Doug Basham here, in for Brian today on Pushing the Limits. Brian is on his annual basketball pilgrimage, as I understand. Hey, if you are new to the Doug Basham experience, here's all you need to know. First, in response to emails and messages I've received up until Friday, I hosted my own show in the hour before this one from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Second, Political talk radio, especially for liberals, has become a pay-to-play proposition, meaning you have to pay for your airtime. Third, I am on hiatus presently, which is a euphemistic way of saying I didn't have the money to pay for the airtime. Fourth, my show is hosted by a liberal Democrat for liberal Democrats. The main benefit, I would think, would extend to Democratic politicians. And fifth and finally, if Democrats want the show to be back on the air, it will be. If they don't, it won't. It's really no more complicated than that. That said, my website is DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at dougbasham.com. My website is all of one page. You'll find the show's logo on top, 
Underneath it, 12 links to everything associated with this show, including links to all the social media sites on which we broadcast this show live. But when it comes right down to it, this is the only one you really need. Click on the YouTube icon. Once there, click on the link that says live. There, you can watch the show live or view the archive shows. Two clicks, that's it. But hey, if you could manage a third click, namely on the subscribe link, I would be grateful. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you want to talk on the radio somewhere in our second half hour or even in the next hour, how unusual is that? That's 702-221-SAVE, as in Save Our Democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do. And as the venerable Joy Behar said on The View just recently... He's a lot of, well, I think we should lock him up now. <laughs> well, some, <laughs> well, some of Precisely. Last week, when I was still on the air, and in all the weeks prior to that, when I was on the air, all 16 of them, my overarching point was the clear and present danger and existential threat Donald Trump presents to this nation and its democracy. Thus... We spent a goodly amount of time addressing the orange traders' further descent into dictatorial fascism. And this is nothing new. Trump has made his admiration for dictators from day one of his treacherous presidency clear as glass. And the reason for that fondness is that Trump wants to be just like them and wield the power they do. I mean, you don't take the word of a Russian dictator over your own intelligence community unless you admire that dictator and want to be that dictator. With that being said, all I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people. But uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And of course, when I saw this lily-livered, yellow-bellied, sap-sucking, dictator-worshipping, coward and traitor grovel and cower at Putin's feet... My first thought was PP tape, and I wasn't alone. PP tape, PP tape, PP tape, PP tape, PP tape. Thank you, Now, go get a little bit of that ambassador, like I told you. Okay, girls, you know what you're here. Make it rain. I had a dream the other night that I was Donald Trump, and I was lying in a bed in a Russian hotel room, surrounded by beautiful gold, gold all around me, liquid gold, golden showers raining from the sky. 
welcome, ladies. You're a 10, you're a 9, you're an 8. Excuse me? I said urinate on the bed. Yet, no tinkle. Look, I paid for pee stuff, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get it nice and wet. Right there where Obama slept. All of you now. What? Not you, bellboy. Now get some in the bowl. Just, yeah, just like that. Fantastic. So, did you want make sex now, or...? I got what I want. The pee of three Slavic goddesses. Now for the rest of the ingredients. Huge goat tongue, eye of newt, Gingrich, Trump steak, and the piece de resistance, a pair of my daughter's panties. Mmm, delicious. Mmm, tangy. Someone's been eating borscht. Is it going to come out? When is it going to drop? You should have stayed in Trump Tower. You should have known Putin would eavesdrop. You know you can't last forever. We didn't sign up for you. Got a present that we haven't opened Oh boy, you might just be getting That was a most disgusting montage. However, one completely befitting an equally disgusting and wretched excuse for a human being. And let's be honest, after watching this orange trader's immature and childish rants for the past eight years, does anyone honestly believe he's not infantile and crude and maturity stunted enough to have done this? Really? Trump knows better than anyone else what his friends and attorneys and snowflakes have in common. When you pee on them, they disappear. And that reminds me, you know why William Shakespeare stopped at the bathroom door? He couldn't decide whether to pee or not to pee. And you know something I've never understood? Why guys wash their hands after they pee? Maybe it's just me, but I'm so conceited, I wash my hands before I pee. Respect! And I gotta tell you, I've been yelled at over peeing as much as I have maybe anything else in my entire life. I once peed on the side of a bowl so it wouldn't make any noise. They immediately yelled at me and kicked me out of the restaurant. My ex-wife once yelled at me for peeing in the shower. I probably should have waited till she got out first. I also got kicked out of a pool once for peeing in it. I said, what's the big deal? Everybody pees in the pool. And they said, yeah, but not from the diving board. And then, then 
this orange pus gut is actually stupid enough to talk about the PP tape at one of his clandemic rallies. This is the greatest witch hunt that started with Russia, Russia, Russia. Remember that? He was with four hookers. You think that was good that night to go up and tell my wife, it's not true, darling. I love you very much. It's not true. Actually, that one she didn't believe because she said he's a germaphobe. He's not into that, you know? He's not into golden showers, as they say they call that. He's not. I don't like that idea. No, I didn't. I thought that would be a big problem. I was going to have a rough night, but that one she was very good on. She said, no, that you're okay on that one. Yep. That was the one allegation Melania allegedly didn't believe. But did you hear his brain-dead MAGA cult base in the audience? For the first time in our nation's history, perhaps any nation's history, a former disgraced president and current presidential candidate brings up golden showers in a campaign speech, and they applauded. For what? For what exactly were they applauding? Not because they think it didn't happen. I don't think they care one way or another. If such a tape were ever released, do you think they'd look at Trump and say, you're in trouble? Of course they wouldn't. First, their media would find a way to put a positive spin on it, like it wasn't Trump in the video. Trump is so funny, tears were running down the hooker's legs. Obama deserved to have a bed he slept on or slept in, peed on. I mean, whatever. They'd come up with something. Second, in my view, they applauded for the same reason they do whenever Trump swears in a campaign speech. They are there for the crudeness and ignorance. They are there for the childish, immature language and behavior. Need more proof? Voila! That Chris Christie, a guy shouts out, he's a fat pig. Now he shouted out. Chris Christie is a fat pig. Then they shouted out, Bill Barr is a fat pig. He's a slob. He's a fat pig. You're not allowed to use the word fat. You're not allowed to say that. So they say, Bill Barr, sir, he's a fat pig. And I say, listen, Bill Barr is not a fat pig. Chris Christie is not a fat pig, sir. The blatantly obvious pot kettle analogy aside, what does it tell you that a motley bunch of ignorant losers will sit and listen to an obese man childishly repeat the phrase fat pig over and over again and not only laugh, but remain convinced this repulsive man baby should be the president of not only them, I mean, he's perfect for them, but for the entire country as well. Problem is, like Trump, they don't think any further ahead than the moment they're in. Shallow, ignorant losers who have no problem inflicting theirs and Trump's mind-numbing, self-destructive poison on the rest of the nation. And don't forget, this is the same orange hemorrhoid that said Putin's invasion of Ukraine was both savvy and genius. He said this on right-wing propaganda hate radio show, The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I went in 
yesterday and there was a television screen and I said, this is genius. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine, of Ukraine. Putin declares it as independent. Oh, that's wonderful. So Putin is now saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. That's the strongest peace force. We could use that on our southern border. That's the strongest peace force I've ever seen. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace all right. No, but think of it. Here's a guy who's very savvy. I know him very well, very, very well. But here's a guy that says, you know, uh, I'm going to declare a big portion of Ukraine independent. He used the word independent. And we're going to go out and we're going to go in and we're going to help keep peace. You got to say that's pretty savvy. And as his legal jeopardy has worsened, Trump's fascistic rhetoric has escalated. And I have asked on more than one occasions, multiple occasions to be more accurate. We almost have an entire year of this kind of violence inciting rhetoric ahead of us. And I added that I used the word almost because I knew, and I'm not alone, that his violence inciting rhetoric was going to escalate. I then asked, can this country withstand and survive an entire year of this kind of violence inciting rhetoric? And that was when Trump was just acting like a dictator wannabe. I had no idea that just a few days later, he would start quoting some of history's other mass murderers. But that's exactly what he did. And this takes us back to the middle of last month when Trump started emulating both Benito Mussolini and, of course, Adolf Hitler. Perhaps we should start referring to him as Adolf Assolini. This is what he posted on his anti-social media site. Quote, We pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country that lie and steal and cheat on elections. They'll do anything, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. The threat from outside forces is far less sinister, dangerous, and grave than the threat from within. Our threat is from within, end quote. What pleased me in the aftermath of these disgraceful fascistic comments was that the mainstream media suddenly became more comfortable with using the words Hitler and Mussolini in their headlines. When someone who's running to lead a democracy starts quoting dictators like that, the media does a disservice to the American people by not using their names. And just for the record, nobody is trivializing what any of these dictators did in their time. We are merely pointing out the fact that Trump is not only following in their footsteps, but now quoting them verbatim. And again, I believe it is a gross dereliction of duty to not report that because it's the truth. And by the way, I misspoke at the beginning of the show. When I do my show, I don't take calls until the second half hour. However, when I fill in for someone else, I like to stick to their format. So if you want to call in, I'd be happy to interrupt the show. Maybe. 
<laughs> I'll think about it. We'll, we'll take it under consideration. The number is 221-7283. That's 702-221-SAVE. MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan, whose show was canceled just last week, I suspect for his balanced reporting on the Israel-Hamas debacle, Mehdi was asked, Mehdi asked if he was wrong to draw the obvious comparisons between Trump and the dictators he praises and emulates. And he asked that question to Jason Stanley, author of the book, How Fascism Works. Start with Trump's use of the word vermin. Am I wrong to make the historical comparison to anti-Semitic propaganda during the Nazi years? No, I mean, this is straight. It doesn't echo Mein Kampf. This is, uh, you know, textbook Mein Kampf, except for the explicit mentioning of Jews as behind the left. Uh, any anti-Semite will hear this vocabulary as directed against Jews. Uh, but uh, Hitler himself was an anti-Semite. He took it that Jews were behind the international left, Marxism, communism. But his real target was democracy. And anyone who was pro-democracy or labor union, trade unionists, he labeled as Marxists. So this overbroad use of Marxists to target basically any political opponent, uh, this is this is familiar uh, from fascism and the way you attack democracy. And of course, labeling uh, labeling your political opponents vermin. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, the, the Nazis targeted their political opponents. They targeted uh, in for, for incarceration and concentration camps. They targeted suspected communists, uh, socialists uh, as internal enemies. So this is this is right out of my comp. <laughs> that said, Trump was so proud of his post whereupon he invoked the names of, of Benito Mussolini or the words of Mussolini and Hitler, he decided to add it to his stump speech. And so, during a clandemic rally he held in New Hampshire, he did just that. If you missed it when I played it last month, I'd like you to hear how MSNBC's Nicole Wallace set up her vermin segment. Trump's comments are contained within it. Happy Monday. It's four o'clock in New York. It's a mask off moment for the disgraced twice impeached four times indicted ex-president. He's making his contempt for our democracy and its institutions and its people crystal clear once again. While President Joe Biden honored Veterans Day by laying a wreath and paying tribute to those who sacrificed for our country, the ex-president said this. We pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country, that lie and steal and cheat on elections and will do anything possible. They'll do anything, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. The real threat is not from the radical right. The real threat is from the radical left, and it's growing every day, every single day. The threat from outside forces is far less sinister, dangerous, and grave than the threat from within. Our threat is from within. 
So, you know, we have a high bar when we show that to you. Uh, today, it's important. And here's why. An ex-president who sought to overturn American democracy claims in a speech like that in front of his supporters that Americans right here at home pose a greater threat to our country than any of our adversaries abroad and describes his political opponents as, quote, vermin. It naturally leads to comparisons to other authoritarian leaders. Washington Post spoke to two historians who had this to say, quote, the language is the language that dictators use to instill fear. That was Timothy Naftali, a senior research scholar at Columbia University's School of International and Public Affairs. Quote, when you dehumanize an opponent, you strip them of their constitutional rights to participate securely in a democracy because you're saying they're not human and that's what dictators do. Ruth Bangayat, a historian at New York University, said in an email this, quote, calling people vermin was used effectively by Hitler and Mussolini to dehumanize people and encourage their followers to engage in violence. I'm just looking up at the screen here and it says active shooter at UNLV. No, I'm not going to sidetrack and get into my gun show. We've done that just recently, but I looked up, saw the headline, and I said to Justin, must be a day ending in Y. Back to what we're doing. Trump is 100% correct when he says our greatest threat lies from within. But those of us who live in the real world know damn well that Trump is the greatest threat. And remember, he said this. He made his vermin comment on, wait for it, Veterans Day, no less. Great day to emulate and copy the fascistic forces so many of our troops died to defeat, wasn't it? But do you think Cadet Bonespurs, who calls those who enlisted in our military losers and suckers, gave one continental damn about that? Of course he didn't. He is only ever capable of considering what he perceives will benefit him and him alone at any given moment in time. But back to Nicole's opening, that's what dictators have done throughout history. And throughout history, there have always been a bunch of sorry-ass people who have been so blinded by hate that they closed their eyes to the ultimate result of their embracing that hate. And they end up voting for someone they think is a strong man who will solve all the imaginary problems that the leader and his media have brainwashed them into believing are actually true. And let us never forget where this hate comes from. These people, Trump's brain-dead mega cult base, they were haters long before Trump came on the scene. Why? because they allowed the right-wing media to brainwash them into believing they were supposed to hate. There's a reason why I refer to them as the right-wing propaganda hate media. The disgusting Limbaugh aberration, may he rest in pain, was indoctrinating people into his particular toxic brand of hate with his verbal bowel movements again, long before Trump. And this same media won't renounce Mango Mussolini for his later, latest Hitler-esque remarks either, proving definitively once again it is they who are the true enemy of the American people and its democracy. And why would they renounce Trump? Trump is one of their former students. 
before he ran for president, Trump repeated all the lies and conspiracy theories his base did. All Trump is doing and has done is mirroring and emulating the right-wing propaganda hate media's decades-long mission of fear and hate-mongering, with, of course, Trump adding his own individual fascistic brand of hate as well. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the stage, folks. If you want to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. Carl, you're first. Thanks for calling. Hey, Hi, I'm Clay. Glad to hear your voice again. Yeah, my ex, uh, my exile from radio, didn't last yeah. as long as I thought it was. Well, you, you and Brian are the only two honest, intelligent voices left on radio. Believe me. And uh, am I coming through? There's an echo. I hear you. Okay, uh, listen. Uh, this is real. They're having the uh, the big debate uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama tonight. Uh-huh. The uh, Republican debate. Now, the Republican symbol is the elephant, correct? It is. But but you know why they have no elephants at all in uh, Tuscaloosa? I have a feeling you're about to tell me. Because they're Tuscaloosa. But. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget your waitress, folks. Carl will be here all weekend. Please try the veal. I thought you'd like that. And always remember, Carl, Jesus rode a donkey, not an elephant. Oh, really? Well, Trump rides an ass, so I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Take care. Hey, thanks, Carl. I appreciate it. As for this being, no, I'll tell you, let me go back here. What I want to do now, I want you to hear how MSNBC's Chris Hayes began this particular segment he did on Trump's vermin remarks. Listen. Here in the U.S., we have reached a landmark moment in the explicitly fascist unveiling of Donald Trump's reelection campaign. In fact, yesterday, the paper of record, New York Times, all the news that fits the print, used the F word in a news article to describe the ex-president's rhetoric. As Peace reports on the, quote, scholars, Democrats, and anti-Trump Republicans were asking anew how much Mr. Trump resembles current strongmen abroad and how he compares to authoritarian leaders in the past. Perhaps most urgently, they are wondering whether his rhetorical turn into more fascist-sounding territory is just his latest public provocation of the left, an evolution in his beliefs, or the dropping of a veil. And this is the paper that for decades the right has called the personification of the liberal media myth and lie. And yet, yet, with our democracy clearly, clearly in peril, they're still giving Adolf Assolini the benefit of the doubt. Is it just public provocation? Is it just a, an evolution in his beliefs? Or is it the dropping of a veil? Firstly, how stupid can they be? An evolution in his beliefs? This has been his belief all along, and he demonstrated it throughout the four years he debased the White House and disgraced this nation. In other words, whatever documents a president decides to take with him, he has the absolute and unquestioned right to do so. And that's the way it is, and it couldn't be more clear. 
Next, I will bring the independent regulatory agencies such as the FCC and the FTC back under presidential authority as the Constitution demands. These agencies do not get to become a fourth branch of government issuing rules and edicts all by themselves, and that's what they've been doing. These radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists, Marxists, fascists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media. We will defeat Joe Biden and we will liberate America from these villains once and for all. And I am the only one that can save this nation because you know they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And I just happen to be standing in their way. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. And that's the way it's got to be. It's total. It's total. They can't do anything without the approval of the president of the United States. The authority of the president of the United States having to do with the subject we're talking about is total. And, you know, to go back to what the New York Times wrote, is this just public provocation or, or, or perhaps an evolution of his beliefs? Evolution? How about devolution? Second, those two aren't mutually exclusive. Both can be true and both are true. But write very carefully, New York Times, write very carefully. W wouldn't want to be called the liberal media now, would you? It's only our democracy, and I might add, your survival that are at stake. Chris Hayes continued. And to be clear, this is the correct, unavoidable assessment of Donald Trump's words and actions. Fascist sounding, that's, that's good. That's a good description. In recent weeks, he has compared his political opponents to vermin, threatened to use the power of the state to prosecute his enemies. He's publicly discussed plans to round up immigrants and concentrate them in camps and deport them by the millions. And if the man doing all this wasn't also the man who launched a violent coup to stay in power, maybe you could dismiss it as a talk, but um, we all saw it. He already tried to topple American democracy, and he's going to try again. He keeps telling us. That's the language and the behavior of fascism. Maybe some different form of it, some 21st century American incarnation, but it's related. It's always been there. But lately, it's become even louder. In this movement, the true menace of a fascist kind of movement in this country is becoming more and more apparent. It's not just emanating from Donald Trump or his most devoted fans. We see it and hear it in, in these sort of concentric circles emanating out from the ex-president. Now, there's some people in Republican Party politics, chiefly, who just don't have the courage or the moral backbone or the sense or the wherewithal or even just the dignity of self to fight. They're just glumly resigned to it. It's pathetic, but that's how most of them are. And as much as I love Chris Hayes, and I do, it almost sounded to me like he was measuring his words a little too carefully there as well, which he normally doesn't do. Chris continued, and in so doing, referenced some doofus we highlighted a couple weeks ago, Mike Davis. The mook who said he wants to put babies in cages and it'll be glorious. 
The aforementioned Mehdi Hassan did a segment on this Mike Davis fascist, and Chris addresses this Mike Davis's response to that as well. Now, there's some people in Republican Party politics, chiefly, who just don't have the courage or the moral backbone or the sense or the wherewithal or even just the dignity of self to fight. They're just glumly resigned to it. It's pathetic, but that's how most of them are. Some are actively pushing fascist ideas in the hopes of executing them from positions of power in the new Trump administration. Here's an example sort of more or less at random. This dude, um, conservative lawyer Mike Davis, he, he's got a resume that's like, you know, one in a hundred. Like, you can find tons of guys like this. He helped confirm Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. He served as chief counsel for nominations to Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, then chair of the Judiciary Committee. So this is a guy who was like in charge of shepherding judicial nominations. And he wants to be Donald Trump's next attorney general. And he is laying out his plans for a reign of terror, in his own words, when he gets there. During my three-week reign of terror as Trump (laughs) acting attorney general, before I get chased out of town with my Trump pardon, I will reign hell on Washington, D.C. Number one, we're going to fire. We're going to fire a lot of people in the executive branch of the deep state. Number two, we're going to indict. We're going to indict Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and James Biden and every other scumball, sleazeball Biden. Number three, we're going to deport. We're going to deport a lot of people, 10 million people and growing, uh, anchor babies, their parents, their grandparents. We're going to put kids in cages. It's going to be glorious. Anchor babies, by the way, that offensive term for American citizens. Uh, now, after my colleague Mehdi Hassan highlighted those threats in a segment over the weekend, Davis replied, quote, Mehdi Hassan is now on my list. I already have his spot picked out in the D.C. gulag. Now, let me just stipulate this is almost like comically pathetic chest beating of a creepy dork. But again, the history of fascism is kind of full of creepy dorks who came into power. And then uh, because they had spent their whole lives as sort of impotent creepy dorks, then used the power of the state to execute their most despicable violent fantasies. All that like down the block toughness all of a sudden they were then in charge. Justin just gave me an update on the shooting at UNLV. We don't know how many innocent casualties they are at this point, but apparently the shooter, or at least the suspected shooter, is dead. And as he continued, Chris went after someone else whose stability appears to have been decreasing as well. Elon Musk, or as some have called him, Space Karen. And at the end, Chris introduces his guest for this segment, who takes the conversation in the same direction I've been taking it for months now. Of course, that most recent threat uh, against my friend and colleague, Mehdi, came on a platform owned by the wealthiest man in the world, who perhaps you've been hearing some stuff about, who has also clearly just aligned himself with this fascist tendency. Elon Musk has welcomed back neo-Nazis who had been banned from the site now known as X. He defended white supremacists, compared Jewish billionaire George Soros to a Jewish Marvel supervillain. Just the other day, Musk endorsed the anti-Semitic Great Replacement conspiracy theory, beloved of creepy dorks on the right. That's the one about a cabal of nefarious Jews colluding and and sort of puppeteering uh, minorities in order to extinguish white people. It was the inspiration for the mass murder that happened at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Now, Musk has actual state power now on his side. Yesterday, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, the guy who just 
managed to escape uh, a impeachment, announced an investigation into the Washtenaw Group Media Matters in the wake of their report about ads from major brands appearing next to the pro-Nazi content on X. That's what it looks like when people in power, with state power, abuse that power to persecute their political enemies. And again, this is the message. This is what they're running on. This is what Donald Trump and his allies are promising to do over and over, like every second they're in front of a camera. One of the most maddening features of this era is knowing that and watching this happen while polling suggests that most Americans don't care and Donald Trump supporters have not been swayed. In the end, this has been the case since 2015 when the guy first came down the staircase and it's uh, escalator and it's been the case throughout the American experiment that we are, us, all of us together, are our own best hope. But the forces on the other side are increasingly loud about what they want to do. And it is as important as ever that we resist. Next year will be an even more explicit referendum on the future of American democracy. And yet, there's this maddening set of rhetorical incentives driving all different factions of the American electorate and institutions and media to criticize the person representing the pro-democracy forces in that referendum, President Joe Biden. As writer David Roberts puts it, quote, there is no faction in U.S. politics, barely even elected Democrats, for whom praising Democrats is socially advantageous. It is, from almost every vantage point, uncool. Just try it on Twitter to see for yourself. So it's uncool to praise Democrats. I would disagree. In my view, what it is, we have no virtual flamethrowers who will drive this praise of Democrats home with a vengeance. It's like we Democrats are still adhering to something Barack Obama said when he was campaigning for Hillary Clinton back in 2016. When they go low, we go high. How'd that work out for us, huh? And I'm I'm not exactly sure where this timidity comes from. Perhaps it's because Democrats see themselves as more enlightened, which we are, no question. No, no offense intended. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be willing to get our hands dirty from time to time. And given the stakes of, uh, of this next election, I would rather our hands both got and stayed dirty for the next year. And I'm not talking about dirty politics. What I am talking about is strength and power, the strength of your policies, your confidence in them, not to mention the benefits from them, and power, the willingness to use the power the presidency affords you to accomplish that. We've all heard the old saying, shout it from the highest rooftops. The United States presidency literally allows you to do that. And that's what I think it's going to take. Democrats have been notoriously bad at messaging. While the right understands the game perfectly, keep it short, keep it simple, keep it dishonest, and attack the other side mercilessly and relentlessly. And I got a great example of that coming up later in the second hour. Now Chris brings on his guest, writer Dave Roberts, who again takes the conversation where I've been trying to take it. And by the way, I disagree with what he says, at least at first, but he does take the conversation to one of my places. Joining me now is David Roberts, author of the fantastic Volts newsletter, host of the Volts podcast, which is about clean energy and politics. David, I thought your your thread the other day was was fascinating about 
the rhetorical incentives that a whole variety of factions, ostensibly on the center left or in the establishment of American life, have towards their views of the current incumbent American president and what to say about him. Run me through your argument. Yeah, this is this has been striking me for years, and it's only gotten more acute lately. I think uh, obviously, anytime uh, you watch right wing media, Republican media, it's not, it's wall to wall criticism of Democrats, e- even more so than praise of Republicans. Humanized Democrats has been the core of Fox's uh, uh, reason for being since it was born, and then you have the left, the sort of far left, the the, the progressives, who for good reasons, I think, want to move the Dems left and want the Dems to be more ambitious and so are constantly criticizing Dems from the left to the point that it's become kind of a rigid habit that they do (laughs) regardless, no matter what happens. Uh, And then you have these sort of, uh, you know, these sort of thoughtful, centrist Dem pundits, all of whom need to show the other thoughtful, centrist Dem pundits how independent they are, the fact they're not partisans, they're not team players, they're thinking for themselves. And the way to do that is by criticizing their own party. And so if you go down the list, you'll notice there's no one left who actually just wants to go tell voters what Democrats have accomplished, what Dems are doing, who wants to actually be partisan for Democrats. It's a weird thing that there's one of two political parties that has effectively very little spokespeople in the media. Everyone has incentive to criticize them. No one has the incentive to defend them. And you know, I disagree, at least partially. The space between centrist Democrats and who Dave calls the progressive Democrats is not even in the neighborhood as fractious as the QOP caucus, who are elbowing their colleagues, firing their leaders, threatening to get into fistfights in the middle of hearings, and can't even fund the government. I do agree that Democrats have very few spokespeople, as Dave said, but I don't think it's because they're too busy being critical of their own party. And this is what I've been saying for months now. Democrats need a strong voice to herald their accomplishments and give voters a reason to vote for them. And who better than the incumbent president? He is the only one who can command the media and press to cover his pronouncements, and I wish he would do just that. In my view, he needs to do two things. First, he needs to herald his accomplishments to counter the popular narrative on the right, namely that Joe Biden hasn't accomplished anything. You know, if I had five bucks for every time I've either heard someone on the right say or post that, Give me one thing Joe Biden has accomplished. I could afford to put my show back on the air. Biden needs to destroy that narrative. He needs to tout his COVID relief package, a.k.a. the American Rescue Bill, which cut child poverty in half. His infrastructure bill, his climate and health bill, his chip semiconductors bill, his PACT Act, which addressed service members' exposure to burn pits and other toxins, his postal reform bill, his reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, his Inflation Reduction Act, which is actually the largest climate bill in U.S. history. But it also allows Medicare to negotiate the prices of certain prescription drugs for the first time. It also put a cap on prescription drugs. Biden needs to tout his gun bill. Modest, yes, but still, 
it ended a 30-year streak of federal inaction on gun control. His historically low unemployment rates after the pandemic caused them to skyrocket, along with his creation of six and a half million jobs in one year, more than any other president in U.S. history. He also authorized the assassination of the al-Qaeda terrorist Ayman al-Zawahiri, who became the head of the organization after the death of Osama bin Laden. He boosted the budget of the IRS to catch tax, tax thieves, you know, like Donald Trump. It's working. And yes, I understand that the right-wing propaganda hate media distorts all of Biden's achievements and portrays them as failures, which is exactly why Biden needs to set the record straight and destroy the right's mendacious Biden narrative. So that's the first thing Biden needs to do. Second, he needs to warn American voters of the many perils of a second Trump presidency, and he needs to do it in prime time. A presidential address, if you will, and I would say more than one. My only concern is if Joe's up to the job. Campaigning for any office is a rough grind, even if you're in your 30s or 40s. Campaigning for the presidency is even tougher. And Joe won't be able to campaign from home as he smartly and courteously did during COVID. Meanwhile, Trump or whomever the QOP nominee is will be out on the trail every day lying their asses off how foobard the country is under Joe Biden. Who do we have, well, other than me, who is willing to raise their voices and call these charlatans the liars they are each and every single day and then show why they are lying? 221-7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. If you want to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. Back to the phones we had, and we'll talk to Big Bad John. You're next. Thanks for calling. Hey, Doug. Hey, Great John. To hear your voice on radio. It's good to hear yours. Uh, man, this uh, this active shooter situation, well, I guess he's, they got the shooter, but, uh, you know, yet another... Uh, uh, mass murder, uh, shooting, uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, you folks on the right, you scumbags, you maggots, you little bitches, uh, you bring all this on America, you know, all this bullshit that you put out there, uh, regarding guns. America is the only country on planet earth that has its problems with guns. And it's your fault. You listen to JD, when your granddaughter comes to you and says, Hey, why are there so many guns in America? And why are we, why do, why are there so many mass murders in America when no other country on planet Earth has these, 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 uh, sickening numbers of guns in their country and not even close to the number of mass murders that we have? JD, I want you to tell your grandmother, well, you know, cause I get on the radio and I argue with Doug and I'm just pulling his leg. I'm just trying to get some chucks in and, and see if we can, uh, play a little game with Doug and spin him in circles. Uh, and we're going to have uh, all these guns. I know we're just going to ignore the science and the data and all the conclusive evidence. It's, it's the sheer number of guns. It's the ability to, to uh, 
buy magazines with 50 guns in it and, and shoot 50 bullets in a minute that causes this, uh, this terror in this country. And it's your fault, you frauds on the right. And Donald Trump is the extension of this, is the ultimate extension of this problem. He's told us on day one he will be a dictator. He's told us he will terminate the Constitution. He's told us he'll come after his political enemies. He's told us he's going to weaponize the Department of Justice. He's told us he's coming after you if you even look at him the wrong way. And you fools, you, you, you punks, you scumbags, you little bitches on the right who don't get in line and realize the danger you're putting your, your grandchildren in, shame on you. You're going to burn in hell. I hear you, John. Well said, as always. It's unbelievable. You frauds. You fraud. You call Doug, and Doug is a good, honest, intellectually honest, uh, rational human being, and you just call for, for chucks and giggles, man. You're just saying how, how, much, how many times you can spin him around or how many times you can insult him. Shame on you. Your grandchildren are going to listen, and you're all going to burn in hell, and America's democracy is at stake. Wake the F up. I hear you, John. Appreciate you checking in. Great show, Doug. Thank you, sir. 221-7283 is a caller number. Quick update on the UNLV shooting. Again, they're saying the shooter is confirmed dead, and Justin tells me they say there are four victims. We don't know if they are casualties, if they are wounded, or if they have died. I'm sure we'll find out more before the end of the next hour. 221-7283 is the number. Gary, you're next. Thanks for calling. Hey, Doug. Hey, Gary. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, Since Friday. Let me see. What? I'm just. I'm just like that Palestinian that said no thanks. I, I don't. I don't want to be released. I get three square meals. I'm in my fifties. My health is poor. I have free medical care, and, and they're blowing up and killing everyone over there. I don't like Jews. I don't like the whole situation. I'm too old. Leave me alone. Hold, I want to stay here. Hold on. Now, are you are you paraphrasing? I'm just like, I'm just like that Palestinian. Are you what? paraphrasing the Palestinian, or are you saying that you yourself, Gary, don't like Jews? Just things that I don't like about Jews. Uh, but but we Gary, all Gary, have that Gary, Gary, we all have that problem. We have black people don't like certain things about white people. We have white people don't like certain things. We have men that don't well, like certain under, things about Gary, women. I, I understand. So what, what are you trying to do to me? What are you trying to do to me, dude? What are you trying to? <laughs> I'm trying to straighten your here? ass out if you will allow me. Good luck. The prop- I'm voting for Trump twice. <laughs> I know. I'm voting for Trump twice. But I haven't given I'm a- like that Palestinian. Come and arrest me. I haven't. I'm a felon. Uh, Gar- I can't. I Gary, can't vote for a Gary, president. Technically. Gary, chill. Here we go. <laughs> Gary. Oh man, as soon as you get in that studio, you get like uh, uh, Shapiro. No, okay, I don't. On. It's your show. Well, it, it's not you really. I'm just, I'm just filling into it. I'll tell you what's wrong with it. Hey, Big John, let me tell you something about this country. I, I don't know where I stand with all these weapons and stuff, but I wish everybody had at least a little gun to protect themselves. And the other thing is, on all these radio stations, there's way far too much talk about sports and Spanish-speaking stations. Now, you call me a fascist, but uh, all I want to see 
is uh, I want to see President Trump at this point, uh, three quarters through this beer. Gary. The way I feel Gary, about it. Gary, Gary. Yeah, oh, here we go. Again, interrupting me. Well, that's because you've been talking for yeah. five minutes uninterrupted. I had to jump in somewhere. My point is the only reason I jumped in was to request that you don't refer to Donald Trump as President Trump. That gives me gas. I just wrote him a letter to the White House. As President well, that's Trump. fine. I'm just curious. That's How- fine. You can do that. Just don't refer to him as President Trump. He no longer deserves that honorarium. Well, if you're going to save democracy, you better knock the hate off. Enough with the hate, Big John. Stop it already. What? Too much, man. So you're, next, you're, thing I know, next thing I know, I'll, I'll hear about Big John who flipped out of it. He needs to he needs to check into a mental institution. And this is a nut telling him this. He'll be out there with an AK-47 to make a point and, and kill a bunch of Republicans because he's, he's, he's going off the deep end uh, with all the hate and, and everything. Well, I appreciate I don't like seeing people get shot either. I, I, I don't support uh, Hamas. Gary. I don't support uh, maniacs. Gary. Thank, thank you yeah. for the call. I have never seen you as wound up as you were today. I mean, when I finally interrupted to squeeze a word or two in, in edgewise, you had a conniption fit. The point is, to make a statement like, I don't like Jews, that's a ridiculous statement. There are good it, there are good people in every religion and there are bad people. There's good Jews, there's bad Jews. There's good Christians, there's bad Christians. There's good whites and blacks, there are bad whites and blacks. It doesn't have anything to do with their color or their religion. It's their makeup, what they are. And it doesn't matter, nothing else matters. Anyhow, folks, we're at the end of this first hour, back after the next... It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. No, you're not. is back in style. Welcome to the evolution. What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? He was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Award. And it's one of the highest arbitrage, now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. 
I know words. I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media, and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. Hey, everybody, what's up? Doug Basham here in for Brian today. Brian is on his annual basketball pilgrimage. Hope he's having a good time. If you are new to the Doug Basham experience, here's all you need to know. My website, DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. When you go to my website, you'll see the show's logo on top. Underneath, you'll find 12 links to everything associated with this show, including links to all the social media sites on which we broadcast this show live. But the only one you really need is click on the YouTube icon. Once there, click on the link that says live. There you can watch the show live or view the archive shows. Two clicks, that's it. However, if you could manage a third click, namely on the subscribe link, I would be thankful. 221-7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. If you want to talk on the radio in our second half hour, that's 702-221-SAVE, as in save our democracy, our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do, lock him up. If you are just joining us, we close out that first hour. We were listening to a conversation that took place on MSNBC's all-in program with host Chris Hayes. Making sure I have the right bite here. Um, I, I wanted to play this for you because the guest he had on made some interesting points. I didn't agree with him at first. But as the interview went on, he took it to exactly where I wanted him to take it. Chris continued, and this is where I agree with his guest, Dave Roberts, as he reiterates what I've been saying about Democrats for months now, which might explain why the polls are reflecting bad news for Democrats. Yeah, and I should say, I mean, there's obviously paid people who do that, right? There are people whose job it is to, to, to speak up for them. Um, and, and there's also the fact that, look, you know, as journalists, it's like the guy that is in power, wielding power as the American president, like they're going to, you know, a lot of people are like not happy with the policy on Israel and Hamas and the Gaza war from different directions. And like, that's the, that comes with <laughs> heavy as the head that wears a crown and, 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 and difficult is the, is the guy that's running the most powerful country on earth. But at the other, you would think that we could at least balance that out. And I'm not, I'm the last person to say, don't criticize Dems or they've done everything right. I've, I've been criticizing Democrats for decades, but it would be nice if it was balanced out by an appreciation of what Dems have done. If you look right. at these polls, they're saying the same thing over and over again, which is a bunch of swing voters saying, or even core Democratic voters saying, it sure would be nice if Dems would do X, Y, and Z. And then you notice, hey, wait a minute. That's exactly what they've done. No one's telling anyone what they've done. You, this is what you hear from swing voters. I want a party to do what Democrats are actually doing. They just don't know Democrats are doing it. And 
Why don't voters know the Democrats are doing what they want done? And the answer is pretty clear, at least to me, because the person with the most expansive reach and the current beholder of the loudest bully pulpit in the universe isn't using it. He's not telling voters what Democrats are doing. I mean, sure, every now and then we'll hear a quote or two, but this isn't a part-time job. Trump went before the public and told him what he'd accomplished each and every day. Now, he was lying about what he accomplished, but it was effective enough that he barely lost the election in 2020. Democrats need that powerful voice, the loudmouth, who's both willing to willing and able to utilize that fleeting bully pulpit to tell voters what Democrats have done. And again, I'm not confident we had that. The interview concluded like this. This is what you hear from swing voters. I want a party to do what Democrats are actually doing. They just don't know Democrats are doing it. Yeah, and it is true. I will say that the like Joe Biden is a very good president is one of the most like underpopulated parts of the American political discourse. Like it's a very sparse part of the quadrant. That's- like, and I think I'll just speak for myself. I think on domestic policy, particularly, like he has done an exceptionally good job under extremely difficult circumstances. And that Absolutely. view, again, that's a that's a underpopulated view. Yes, and and I'll just say from my perspective on, on climate and energy stuff, he he passed the biggest climate bill in in U.S. history, a climate bill that I've heard foreign secretaries say is a bigger deal than the Paris Agreement, galvanizing. Huh internationally. It's a huge, huge, epic deal. Almost no one knows about it. They don't even know it happened. And yet, when Biden approved the Willow um, oil exploration project up in Alaska, which, you know, a lot of environmentalists and climate people think is bad, everybody heard about that instantly. I heard from everybody from youth environmental movements instantly knew about that and were angry about it. And I was like, and I just reflect, why did the good thing he did apparently reached no one, and the bad thing he did instantly reached everyone. And that's just uh, one example, but I think you could run down the list. Like, he's done a lot of things that people legitimately approve of if they know he did it. Again, 100%. And you know another reason no one knows the good thing Bi- things Biden has done and why they know the things that someone consider not good? In my humble opinion, today's conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing propaganda hate media industrial complex. They're not going to report any of Biden's victories. They'll portray them as bad, but they're not going to report them as victories. But they will hammer the living hell out of anything they can portray as being bad. And they will hammer it so hard that the mainstream media, out of fear of being called the liberal media, will pick up on it as well. And contrary to the mistaken belief on the right, Democrats don't have a Fox News or a Newsmax or an OANN whose business model is as simple as it is heinous to praise the QOP and demonize Democrats. Democrats simply don't have a counter that will pound and drive home the Democratic message, which also happens to be the pro-democracy message. 
And apparently, they don't care as evidenced by their unwillingness to help finance shows who are willing to pound their message home. You know, like this one. And just to give you a couple examples of the aforementioned right-wing propaganda hate media, earlier when I mentioned the conspiracy theories in the QOP, I named one Clay Higgins, the QOP congressman from Louisiana. He's the guy we featured a week and a half or so ago after a hearing in which he asked FBI Director Christopher Wray if he knew what ghost buses were. Higgins was a guest on Newsmax. Listen to the question the the host on Newsmax asks. His name is Chris Salcedo. Hmm, that sounds kind of Hispanic-y, doesn't it? But listen to how this Newsmax host phrases this question, and then I'll, I'll let it play through so you can hear a sitting U.S. congressman blatantly lie to the, the audience. In my opinion, it appears the FBI congressman, as it targets one political party, targets whole religions, has turned into a quasi-secret police force targeting Americans rather than defending us. How do you see it? Yeah, very similar from my perspective, sir. The, the FBI was, was not only involved in the act, actions on January 6th from within, they had I suspect uh, over 200 agents embedded within the crowd, including agents, or as they would call human assets, uh, inside the Capitol, dressed as Trump supporters, before the doors were opened. This is supposed to be a newscast. And what do you hear? Nothing but stale, tired, and debunked right-wing talking points and lies. The FBI is targeting one political party and whole religions. I don't even know what that means, but whole religions. The FBI has turned into a secret police force targeting Americans instead of defending them. This came from the host? Not a guest. This came from the host of an alleged news station. It's all lies. The FBI isn't targeting Americans. They're targeting American criminals. And traitors to this country should be at the top of their list. Whose fault is it exactly if that list is infested with right-wing traitors? And did you hear how Clay Higgins prefaced all the bullshitsky in his response? He said, I suspect... In other words, he's got nothing to back up what he's saying. He's guessing. I suspect. I suspect that Angelina Jolie will adopt me tomorrow. I have a pretty good hunch. Right. But let me assure you of something. There isn't one member of that Newsmax audience that heard the word suspect. All they heard was that hundreds of FBI agents infiltrated the Capitol dressed as Trump supporters. Again, no mention of how many front teeth they had to be had to have removed for this mission. And thus, they were the ones who staged the insurrection, which is just abject nonsense. But the target audience he's reaching, Newsmaxes, have been conditioned to distrust any agency in our government that tries to hold right-wing criminals accountable, including and especially their orange messiah. But keep in mind, 
Clay Higgins is a member of a political party that no longer has any regard for the rule of law, no regard for our democracy or the institutions necessary for its survival, which by definition necessitates they no longer have any regard for the truth. And finally, same station, Newsmax, same host, same guest, listen to this question. And in it, you will hear that the right-wing propaganda hate media doesn't have any respect for our rule of law either. Congressman, as the Democrats have largely abandoned the Constitution, and with the corruption that we've all witnessed at FBI and DOJ, it doesn't take much imagination to see socialists in the Democrat Party using a list like that for government threats, government intimidation, and government coercion. Can Republicans in good conscience continue to fund a DOJ and its operatives in light of their partisan and what I see as anti-American actions? Jesus, a host on a network that defends a traitor who says he wants to terminate our Constitution. This hapless schlub says, quote, as the Democrats have largely abandoned the Constitution, end quote, Huh? And this is something that only the most shameless among us can do, which is the one thing above all else Trump has taught his right-wing media and his brain-dead base well. The art of shamelessness. But here you have a host on a cable network watched by people who are already brainwashed into hating government and all things liberal. He's just keeping the hatred flowing, again, with no regard for the truth or the rule of law, even a tiny bit. A host who shills for the most corrupt and dishonest political party in at least recent history. A shill for a political party who purports to be the law and order party. He's calling for the DOJ to be defunded. I mean, if you listen to that question, it's almost comical and reminds you more of a Saturday Night Live skit than it does a newscast. Ironically, it is neither. And did you hear him sell the lie like Trump taught him to? With all the corruption at the FBI and DOJ that we've all witnessed, no, they haven't. And hey, I thought defunding the police was a bad thing. I'm so confused. I guess rancid hypocrisy will do that to you. And lest we forget, all this Newsmax host is doing is further destroying people's confidence in their government, their rule of law, all critical for a democracy's survival. This is how strong men rise to become dictators. They tell voters over and over again, and so does their media, how foobard the country is how their political opponents want to and are purposely destroying this country, which, on the face of it, makes no sense, apparently, except, apparently, to weak-minded, gullible lemmings. I mean, if you're in control of the government, would purposely destroying your country increase your odds of being reelected? It's a stupid, dumbass, ignorant lie. But again, one that apparently works on weak-minded, gullible tools. I mean, it's always been a, a pants-on-head stupid assertion. And I've often wondered, how do they get away with this? Oh, they're trying to destroy the government. Yeah, that's a good campaign slogan. 
And now we'll listen to Mr. Excitement himself, Clay Hagan's response. And of course, he can't resist inserting a little bit of his own violence inciting rhetoric. Conservative Republicans certainly stand against funding uh, a DOJ and FBI that is clearly weaponized against American people. Uh, we, we're taking a hard look at rebuilding the whole thing. So let me say regarding Jack Smith and his request for another list of American citizens under some alleged uh, legitimate investigative effort, uh, I'm, I consider it a badge of honor to be on another one of Jack Smith's list. So I just say that his, his days are numbered and American patriots are not going to stand idly by, good sir, uh, and, and allow our, our republic to dissolve. Jack Smith's days are numbered, and the American patriots are not going to stand by idly and let our republic dissolve. No violence inciting rhetoric there. It was there. And I got to say, this Clay Higgins tool may not be a bad-looking gentleman, but we really do need a bag to throw over his personality. Seriously, this guy redefines the term boring. He's so boring, his colleagues call him their melancholique. He's so boring, his nickname in Congress is Drillbit. He's so boring, rather than play with him, his children prefer to watch grass grow. He's so boring, sheep count him in order to fall asleep. Higgins and his wife only have sex doggy style. His wife asks for sex. Clay Higgins rolls over and plays dead. Clay Higgins is so boring, George Santos, who had stolen Higgins' identity, gave it back. And by the way, while we're on the topic of right-wing media bias, I have to share this with you. Sean Hannity's right-wing bias has never been a secret. And of course, it was on full display during the debate between Governors Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. Someone took a video from the debate and dubbed over some satirical audio. Funny thing is, with today's right-wing propaganda hate media, satire isn't that much different from their reality. Here it is. All right, welcome back to debates that nobody really gives a shit about. I'm your host, Sean Hannity, and tonight we have the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. Let's begin. First question, have you ever betrayed the greatest president to ever live of President Donald J. Trump? No. Uh, what kind of question is that? What the hell? Very simple question, but let's try the next one. Are you a short, insecure little man that likes to wear lifts inside your cowboy boots? Yes or no answer, please. Nope. You know what? My wife bought me those lifts, and I happen to like them. Okay. He's even using a stepping stool. I can see it from over here. Governor, we clearly said no step stools. You either get off of it or you're leaving this stage right now. <laughs> that was a good bit. And by the time they were finished, I found myself wishing they had done more. I thought it was hysterical. And again, not far from the truth. And speaking of Fox Noise, it is truly amazing how a fine of almost a billion dollars will help you see the truth in at least one issue. 
Trump was doing one of his clandemic rallies in Cedar City, Iowa on Saturday. And of course, it was your typical lion-fested dog's breakfast. And of course, he was still lying about the election being rigged and stolen. At one point, Fox cut away from the lie fest and host Arthur Neville actually corrected one of Trump's lies. You know, the one that cost them almost $800 million. Bigger, better, and it works. Mine won't. <laughs> and then, no. Well, the former president finally got around to some campaign promises amid lots of cheering, as you heard. Many untruths. The 2020 election was not rigged. It was not stolen. Again, it is amazing how a gigantic fine can alter your normal programming to the extent you have to actually interrupt the guy and correct the guy you're being paid to shill for. Sadly, however, Fox still lies about everything else. They just no longer repeat the big lie, namely that the 2020 election was stolen slash rigged. And something else that's amazing, even though Fox was nicked for lying about the election, you would be surprised, or maybe not, how many of Trump's brain-dead mega cult base has found a way to twist that fact and still contend their orange cult leader had the election stolen from him? I see it on right-wing sites every single day. And by the way, speaking of stolen, listen the next time Trump says that word, stolen. In his post on his anti-social media site, he has repeatedly misspelled the word stolen. He adds two L's. And so I've noticed of late, when he now says that word, he pronounces it the way he misspells it. Stalin. Stalin. Not stolen. Stalin. Or maybe he just got one of his two favorite dictators on his mind, and that would explain it. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you want to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. I'm going to head to the phones now and begin with Edward. You're first. Thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? I hear you just fine, Edward. How are you? I'm good. Just kicking back, smoking a cigar, relaxing, just listening to the show. You're having a cigar. Are you celebrating something? Uh, living. How about getting up every day? We're giving getting up every day. How about that? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good cause that's to celebrate. There you go. You know, and I was thinking about what you were saying with the politics and stuff like that. It seems like the voters for myself. I've already made up my mind who I'm going to vote with, and then also our states. You know, it's not our states are organized like how it's about electoral votes, not the popular vote, which I kind of wish we would go back to. I know it's been hundreds of years, but I wish we would go back to the popular vote instead of the electoral vote. Couldn't agree with you more, Edward. You, so you're yeah, saying you're I, saying we should get rid of the electoral college? One hundred percent. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Why can't we just pick the right person for the job instead of like instead of picking the group majority that runs everything? Well, if, if, you, if you got rid of the if you got rid of the electoral college, the majority would decide who the leaders were, the leader or the president yeah. was. Yeah. And I mean, like, but depending I, on but depending on who you support, Edward, that wouldn't yes, you, that wouldn't necessarily give you who you thought was the best leader. It would give you who the majority of Americans thought was. Yeah, 
and I, I am not big on voting in the big elections, but I like the local election. I like voting for my city councilmen, my mayors, my local judges and stuff like that. That's where I get really excited about. Not the big stuff. I know and it, this is all personal preference, but I enjoy doing small local politics, getting to meet people. You know, you go to the events, you get to know people and just get to know your neighbor. Those to me are a little bit more fun. Well, you sound like quite a personable guy, Edward. I wish you and I had spoken more. <laughs> yeah, tell that to my ex. My ex wouldn't tell you the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I imagine she'd agree. How, how long has she been yeah. your ex? Uh, all my exes live in Texas, so I'm like George Strait, so it's been a good minute. But <laughs> A good minute? Well, well, she's she's probably ahead. chilled out since then. Probably, but I want to call to let you know I'm enjoying the show. I'm glad you're not get, getting heated like other people. You know, I'm glad you're not raising your voice or getting hot. I'm, I'm just enjoying the show today, and I'm relaxing. And I want to say keep up the good work. I'm going to keep listening to y'all. I really do appreciate it. And shout-out to Nunchuck for doing a great job as usual. He's always super professional, super polite, and I enjoy the show. I really enjoyed it today. Couldn't agree more. Justin is a machine. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, up until Friday which was the last time I was in the studio before today, Justin had this long, shaggy beard. If it was white, kids would be coming up to him and telling them what they wanted for Christmas. But it wasn't. It, it was dark brown. Well, I come in today, and here's Justin with a clean-shaved face. I mean, Justin told me, well, you told me you had three kids. I didn't believe he had three kids when he had this long, shaggy beard, which tends to make you look older. Now he looks more like one of his kids than he does their father. I mean, the kid, the guy's just got a young face. I told him he's probably going to get carded. But yeah, Justin is a machine. I agree with everything you said about him, Edward. 221-7283. He's my machine. 221-7283 is a caller number. That's area code 702-221-SAVE. Back to the phones and we'll talk to JD. You're next. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I got a, I got a, a call from the Patriot uh, veteran, uh, who stood a post in Berlin at the Brandenburg Gate, Gary, saying my name has been taken in vain again. By, by uh, whom? I don't know what I've done to incur the wrath of Big John, Lib John, but... Uh, J.D., he's uh, told you. Uh, I'd, I'd love to debate him uh, JD, for an hour. And, J.D., and he's already... Wrath, wrath, wrath. He's already told you what you've done to irk his ire. Oh, uh, you know, Doug, I think you could talk a dog off a bone. Man, you could talk. You should be a senator and filibuster. Or, or maybe but, a talk uh, show host. Uh, in regard to the uh, uh, the I gun mean, question that I believe he proposed and you have proposed and everybody has proposed, I just read in the paper, you know, who were two of the biggest holdups of gun uh, rights uh, changing the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, the heavy weapons, uh, uh, the senator from Maine, the independent who lobbies with the Democrats, Angus King, and the Democrat senator from New Mexico, I believe his name is Heinrich. Those two gentlemen have been holding up gun legislation reform. Uh, Democrats. Okay, and your point is what? That that is the opinion or position of the entire Democratic Party or people on the no, left? No, no. Then I'm why bring it. up two people who who are on the other side? I, I don't understand the point in that. You well, bring that, up two people that are against gun reform. What does it mean? 
you're criticizing Republicans, and so is John. And you have two Democrats who are in the same boat. Okay. Uh, so you and so, I criticize and, them as well. If they are holding up gun registration, uh, damn them. Yeah. Well, uh, fortunately, they've seen the light, and the only reason I know about it is because now they are changing their position as of a couple of days ago. And you're talking about the DOJ and so forth uh, uh, as being uh, so uh, uh, so fair. I read in the RJ on December the 3rd, a Virginia man was arrested by the DOJ. One person Ryan again. Joseph, Ryan Joseph Orlando of oh, yeah. Arlington, Virginia, uh, for the crime of stealing a pen from the desk of Susan Collins and stealing a coaster, a drink coaster, from Senator Joe Manchin's. So the FBI and the DOJ are charging people for stealing pens and coasters. Now let me ask. Burning, let me ask you, JD. Buildings. On what day did they steal said pen and said coaster? It wouldn't be January sixth, would it? Of course. Oh, so they were also trespassing when they were told not to. It wasn't just the pen and the coaster. It was the fact that they were there in people's offices. They had no right to be. There. I get it. That's why you didn't mention January 6th, and I had to squeeze no, it out of you I, I, like a right the reason, pimple. I, no, the re- I forgot to. I was in all Oh, you I forgot. It. Hey, I, before, before you, 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 you unceremoniously hang up on me, have you seen the Jim Carrey uh, dress-up and uh, personal uh, impersonation of J- uh, per- uh, President Biden? I haven't. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I, I did. He did it on Saturday Night Live for a while. I seen it on YouTube yesterday. Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's good. Although I wouldn't say it's one of Kerry's best impressions. I think the guy they have on there now has the voice down better than Jim. And I don't say that about many people because to me, Jim Carrey is the best. <laughs> you're talking. You know, I don't know if you got my messages, but you know, you're talking about how bad your back is, and I feel sorry for you. But maybe. It, and the reason for it is, you know, you've been bending the truth for 50 years, and it's getting to your back. Well, you know what my next question is, don't you? No. Yes, you do. Give me an example of where I've bent the truth. You mean like how you brought up someone stealing a pen and a coaster and conveniently forgot to mention it was on January 6th? You mean bending the truth like that? I, I, I truly did forget. Please, oh, yeah. please believe oh, me. Oh, we, I do. I, I do. I, I truly do. <laughs> You're so full of crap. Anyhow, your eyes are brown. Anyhow, if I had a radio show and I, I, I asked you to fill in for me, I would be very offended as you come back on with the Doug Basham show and you play your music. When, if Shapiro had had the uh, uh, wherewithal to listen to how you do his show, I don't think he'd be too happy because you take over, man. I do that all the time. I play Brian's intro first and then I play mine. I've done that for yeah. years. And, Brian uh, is mature. Know, yeah. Brian is a bigger person than you are, JD, and he's not going to get upset over something like that. Uh, he's, and, uh, he's not a bigger person. I think I'm a little bigger than him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, you're just full of delusion today, aren't you? Uh, well, I. I oh, I've by the way, getting Brian. back to the point, give me an example of where I have bent the truth, oh, which God, led to my back on. problems. 
Come on. Uh, <laughs> well, if I've done it for years, J.D., you shouldn't have trouble pulling one out of the hat. I've already, I've already done it to you so many times, and every time I do, you hang up on me. It, it no, goes I hang saying. up on you when you become repetitive and boring yeah. and irritating, not because you, you, you caught me in anything. You are a master. You are a master. You, you are so ill. I mean... I remember when you were on 1230 with the girl, uh, the good-looking blonde. Lydia? I mean, I used to listen to you back then. You you are a master on the radio, and it's like Gary has said. It's very unfortunate for you that you are not on as a cable uh, 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 a provoc- prov- uh, provocateur because you do it very well. And son of a gun, if nothing else, you should be able to produce uh, shows like Chris Hayes. And John's favorite, uh, Nicole, the traitor, treasonous, uh, uh, Wallace, uh, who changed wait, for wait, money. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, <laughs> neither John or I will stand for you slamming Nicole Wallace. Second, I know you, you won't. Second, I know you won't. second, you didn't have a problem with her back when she was bending the truth for George W. Bush. I, I, now that she's you, seen the I'll light, of a, hold on, I t- hold on. I'll tell you what. The master, the master is thieves. speaking. <laughs> now okay, now that ahead. she has seen the light and joined the ranks of the enlightened and is no longer bending the truth, now you're calling her a traitor? I remember very well with her and Steve Schmidt when they used to be on TV and they were t- saying they're saying whatever they were saying for Bush and for uh, and for McCain. I thought they were bullshit then and they're bullshit now. J.D., in past conversations you and I have had, you have excoriated and chastised those who use profanity on a radio station. So what did you just do? Well, it's becoming commonplace on this station. Uh, Yang, the other day, used so the in other words, words while other plus, people do, other people rob banks. Uh, I can too. Uh, Big John, Big John just used the word, so I, I, I took uh, liberty and figured that if. Uh, and then you played a tape. You just played a tape of Hannity with with the S word in it. So that, I that's true. I took a tape we, and yeah, ju- yes, but that was that was the master's ta- that was the master taking creative license. That doesn't give you the right to. Well, I was just going by my peers and uh, emulating them. I didn't think you had any peers. Oh well. You never, you don't, if you don't know me by now, Doug, you never will. Oh, that sounds like a great, great, that would make a great title for a song, wouldn't it? I I used to play that song to my ex-wife all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And and let me ask you, what caused you and your wife to break up, you know, other than your personality? Uh, (laughs) Her spending habits were, uh, uh, I gave her an unlimited uh, expense account every month, and she exceeded it in the first month. Wait a minute. You gave her an unlimited expense account every month, and she exceeded it. How can you exceed a, an unlimited account? <laughs> That's a joke. Oh, I gave her, I'm sorry. I, gave I forgot her, to laugh. I gave, her, I, I gave her an unlimited credit card expense, and she exceeded it every month. I got it. I got it. Well, so, oh, 
before we before I summarily hang up on you, like you, uh, or uns, <laughs> unceremoniously hang up on you, you still haven't answered the question of giving me ex- an example of how I've bent the truth. Just one. Uh, that's all that's, I ask. That that's way below my intelligence quotient. <laughs> what the truth? <laughs> no, answering your question. I see. I okay, JD, I appreciate you checking in, buddy. Uh, if we don't... You, you, and Brian have the have the same uh, same uh, question all the time, and it's like when Brian swore that he never knew you, and he, until he called you on a show one time, and then we played the tape. Brian, my my friend Brian, played the tape of him a lying completely about not knowing you before he called the show, and. Uh, uh, I mean, if I taped you guys, I, I would I would run out of I would I, I would need a real to real tape uh, to cover all the uh, uh, mis misquotes. Oh, I'm I'm sure you would, JD. And yet here in your moment of truth on the radio live, you can't think of one. You better get a tape recorder because you're struggling, Bubba. All right, Bubba. But I gotta uh, run. Straight I pre- ahead. I appreciate the straight pl- ahead. Straight ahead, whatever that means. Two two one seven two eight three. I know nothing about this story about Brian saying he didn't know me. I will say this: there are a lot of people that I hang out with who will tell you they don't know me. So if indeed that, and I'm sure at one point Brian didn't. The first time he called me on the air, we had never met. So I, I don't know. Anything about that story, I will just say that there are people who will tell you the same thing. Basham, don't know him. Most Democratic politicians say that. Doug Basham, never heard of him. 221-7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. 702-221-SAVE. Sticking with our theme of the clear and present danger and existential threat Trump presents to this nation— There was a riveting editorial in The Economist a couple weeks ago. The headline read, quote, Donald Trump poses the biggest danger to the world in 2024. End quote. And then there's Robert Kagan, a lifelong diehard conservative Republican. He is a prolific writer and a scholar. He graduated from Harvard, wherein he received his master's in American history, and he also earned a Ph.D. in American history from the American University in Washington, D.C. No liberal or rhino is Robert Kagan. And yet Kagan left the QOP because of Donald Trump. Add to that, Kagan wrote a piece in the Washington Post one week ago yesterday that carried the headline, quote, A Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending. And it's a lengthy piece. I'm not going to take time to read it today. Don't know when I will have time, but I can guarantee you it's worth Googling and reading in its entirety. And this element of the danger of a second Trump presidency has certainly been a big topic on legitimate news shows. To that end, I heard a riveting discussion on this topic on MSNBC's Deadline White House program, Alicia Menendez filling in for Nicole Wallace. And this segment touched on so many things that are near and dear to this show's bleeding liberal heart. This is how Alicia perfectly set up her segment on this story. Do you think he's a danger to the country? 
Well, I don't want him to be president. So, yeah. He's not just the wrong man for the job, but he's dangerous. He must go. He is a clear and present danger to the nation that we all love. A clear and present danger. A clear and present danger to the American people. A danger to the republic. The single most dangerous threat we face. I know him well, and I know the danger he presents to our democracy. And we've been down this road before. Now, sorry to interrupt so soon, but did you notice, as much as I hate to be critical, the weakest warning you just heard came from Joe Biden. I would admit his voice needs to be the strongest, the loudest, and the most vocal. I mean, that was about the same tone he uses when he touts his accomplishments, which we discussed in the first hour. We've been down this road before. Yeah, Joe, and we're heading down it again. Except this time, Trump's had three going on four years to work out the kinks in his last attempt to install himself as an autocratic dictator. If he were to win next year, we would look more like Hungary than the United States. He's already planning on eliminating protections for career civil servants so he can fire them at will and replace them with Trump loyalists. Why is that okay with you right-wing megamorons? He's considering making Cash Patel, Cash Patel, the head of the CIA. Cash Patel is nothing but another Trump bootlicker with less than zero qualifications to be placed in any position of power or responsibility. He's a proponent of unleashing the military on the American people. Trump actually considered making Patel the head of the CIA towards the end of his first and hopefully only presidency until his aides convinced him that Patel was not confirmable. Cattell was also one of Trump's lackeys involved in the pressure campaign to blackmail Ukraine to just announce they were launching an investigation into Joe Biden. Patel was also instrumental in blocking an orderly Biden transition. His fingerprints are all over the Trump documents espionage case. Publicly, Patel lied and said, oh, while Trump declassified all the documents before he left the White House. First, no mention of why he took them in the first place. Second, no mention why he refused to return them, ignoring a subpoena in the process. And third, as we have stated numerous times in the past, seemed like a good time to repeat it today. Under the three laws for which Trump was investigated, the classification status doesn't matter. Add to that, although he made the ridiculous claim that Trump declassified them before he left the White House, when Cash Patel testified before a federal grand jury, he invoked his Fifth Amendment. This Cash Patel actually wrote a children's book called The Plot Against the King. And guess what the main topic was in this children's book? Wait for it. The Steele Dossier. <laughs> yeah, in a children's book. I don't know if he included any mention of the PP tape. I did in the first hour. But hey, it's we liberal communists who want to indoctrinate children, right? And <laughs> get this. 
Patel was also set to participate in some bachelor auction meant to benefit some group in Miami, but had to withdraw when it was discovered his Florida law license had expired. Quite the character, this Cash Patel, and one who, like Trump, shouldn't be allowed within a hundred miles of the halls of power. Need more proof? This is what he said on Sloppy Steve Bannon's podcast just recently. Uh, Cash, I, I know you're probably going to be head of the CIA, but do you believe that you can deliver the goods on this in a pretty short, in a pretty short order of the first couple of months so we can get rolling on prosecutions? Yes, we will go out and find the conspirators, not just in government, but in the media. Yes, we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about American citizens, who helped Joe Biden rig presidential elections. We're going to come after you. Yep, straight out of the dictator's handbook. Go after legitimate media, drive them out of business until all you have left are Fox, Newsmax, OANN and their clones. In short, state-run propaganda media. Joseph Goebbels would be proud. And speaking of which, born near Dusseldorf, Germany in 1897, Joseph Goebbels actually succeeded Adolf Hitler as Chancellor of Germany. But his reign lasted all of one day. Hitler committed suicide on April the 30th, 1945. The next day, Goebbels and his wife followed suit after poisoning their six children with a cyanide compound. Joseph Goebbels wasn't just Germany's father of the year. He wasn't just a snappy dresser with a photogenic smile. He wasn't just a prolific public speaker to whom many quotes have been attributed. Joseph Goebbels was also Adolf Hitler's propaganda minister. And for those who don't know, in English, the word Goebbels translates to Hannity. And one of the quotes that have been ascribed to Goebbels was, accuse the other side of that which you are guilty yourself. And that has now become a mantra among Trump and his base. It was a tack of both Benito Mussolini and Adolf Hitler to treat their perceived enemies as rodents and to accuse them of exactly what they were doing themselves. And did you hear the latest? The orange gut wagon has taken to portraying Joe Biden as the real threat to democracy, using the same lies he's been spewing for the past several years. And I got to tell you, it would take me the rest of this hour and the next two to debunk every lie Trump tells here and every instance of him dishonestly flipping the script. So listen close. There's a virtual crap ton of both. And this is a classic example of not just lying and flipping the script. This is a textbook example of Major League weapons grade projection. I went in yesterday and there was a television screen and I said, this is genius. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine, of Ukraine. Putin declares it as independent. Oh, that's wonderful. So Putin is now saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. That's the strongest peace force. We could use that on our southern border. That's the strongest peace force I've ever seen. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace all right. No, but think of it. Here's a guy 
who's very savvy. I know him very well, very, very well. But here's a guy that says, you know, uh, I'm going to declare a big portion of Ukraine independent. He used the word independent. And we're going to go out and we're going to go in and we're going to help keep peace. You got to say that's pretty savvy. That didn't seem like the right clip. That was the clip I played earlier. Was that, oh, was that six the second time or six the first time? Six the second time? One year from now, the American people are going to fire crooked Joe Biden and the Democrat Party in a political earthquake that will echo all around the world, all around the world. Once and for all, we're going to end the era of hoaxes and witch hunts and censorship and lawless political persecutions. We're going to save our democracy and we're going to bring our country back from hell because our country's in hell. No president ever sent the FBI to raid the home of his opponent for crimes that he himself actually committed. He committed crimes. This campaign is a righteous crusade to liberate our republic from Biden and the criminals and the Biden administration. They're criminals. They're criminals. That think they can do whatever they want, break any law, tell any lie, ruin any life, trash any norm and get away with anything they want. He's been weaponizing government against his political opponents like a third world communist tyrant. Biden and his radical left allies like to pose as defenders of democracy. But Joe Biden is not the defender of American democracy. Joe Biden is the destroyer of American democracy. And it's it's him and his people. They're the wreckers of the American dream. The American dream is dead with them in office. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Just too many lies to dissect. But I'm confident my fellow real-world dwellers both caught them and saw them for exactly what they were and are, a complete and inherently dishonest flipping of the script. One more example before we talk to Fernando. I hear the drums. For years now, I have called the GOP the QOP because of the many nutcases within their caucus who believe in ridiculous conspiracy theories such as the most ridiculous of all, the QAnon theory. Well, you know what Trump's brain-dead MAGA cult base are now calling those of us on the left and in the real world? Blue Anon. Blue Anon, you know, even though they would be hard-pressed to find someone on our side who subscribes to the idiotic conspiracy theories people like MTG does. Real quick, let's wrap up the show. What's that? Oh, no, Fernando? Did Fernando hang up? He heard the drums, too. (laughs) How much time I got? Do I have time for the next soundbite? Two minutes? The next soundbite is two minutes and two minutes till what? Music starts? Oh, the music starts now. You're kicking me out early today. <laughs> Justin goes, yes, yeah, so. <laughs> Shaves his beard, looks like a new person, acts like a new person. We used to go two minutes into the news. Now, hey, it's quarter to two. Get lost. Anyhow. Okay, they are playing the music, folks. That means I do have to run. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you all for calling. I want to thank Brian for letting me hang out for a couple hours with you. I appreciate it. Hope we get to do it again soon. I guess it'll depend on how far his team goes. 
Let's all cheer for Brian's team to go all the way. Let's hope for me to go all the way, too. 58 seconds? Okay. Again, my website, DougBasham.com. Last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary. DougBasham.com. My email, Doug at DougBasham.com. Go to my website. Click on the YouTube link. Once there, click on the subscribe link. Then click on the link that says live. You can watch all the archive shows. Don't know when I'll be back to do a live show again. Hopefully, it won't be that long. And hopefully, when I get to do it again, I'll get to do it with you. Take care.